Welcome to Authorized, Tertiary Tomes, a sub-podcast within Authorized, where we discuss books that are not novelizations, but similarly owe their existence to a film. Tertiary Tomes are snappy, silly adventures that demonstrate how a cool hero like Indiana Jones is getting extremely lucky all of the time. After reading one of these books, it is impossible to see Dr. Jones' cinematic adventures as anything short of a miraculous run of positive, random outcomes that would make a gambler green with envy. Like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, flipping a coin over and over again and always getting heads, Indiana Jones is a cosmic prince of fortune and benefit. As tertiary tomes explore the consequences of his divergent actions, they reveal that death, disappointment, dismemberment, and murder lie around every corner. Tertiary tomes remind us that we are powerless and that anything can be taken from us at any moment. We are your hosts, a loose coalition of choosy adventurers. My name is Andrew Overby. And I'm Hannah Blackman. Indiana Jones and the Giants of the Silver Tower is a Find Your Fate adventure book by R.L. Stein. It is not a choose-your-own-adventure, which is, of course, copyrighted by someone else. <laughs> it follows... Indiana Jones and his cousin, you, on a Nepalese expedition that rapidly turns into a humanitarian rescue mission. Surrounded by talk of giants, fantastical towers, yetis, missing dads, and much more, will you be able to tell what is and isn't real? And can you make the choices necessary to not only save a marooned man, but to end up surviving yourself? Indiana Jones and the Giants of the Silver Tower is the third entry in the Find Your Fate Indiana Jones series. It is one of four books in the series written by R.L. Stein and was illustrated to mixed results by David B. Madding. <laughs> it was published by Ballantine Books in 1984. Our guest today, returning from our National Treasure Book of Secrets? No. Na- I got it. Returning from our National Treasure Uncharted episode, as well as our National Treasure Edge of History episode, an actor and playwright based out of Chicago, Chase Wheaton Worley. How are you doing today? Andrew, Hannah, thank you so much for having me back. Uh, It's always so much fun being on this podcast. Um, This is going to be so much fun. Uh, (laughs) What a delightful little uh, afternoon of a book. I read it in the bath. (laughs) (laughs) It is nice. Uh, with how time-consuming the podcast can be, it is nice to read a book that takes, uh, I don't know, 54 minutes? Yeah, at, at most. It easily like a quick afternoon read. If you read only one storyline, 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hannah, if you read only one storyline, I think you'd get through in about seven if you made all the wrong yeah if you made all the wrong choices i can't wait to get into how easy it is to make all the wrong choices and how sometimes when you make all the right choices you're like wait i haven't hit the end yet am i in the one true version of the story chase i assume that given that you love national treasure that you have some sort of positive relationship with indiana jones is that fair to say Oh, yes. My my love of National Treasure stems from my core love of Indiana Jones and all things treasure hunty and adventure and pulpy. So this this gem that I did not know existed. I did not know that these Find Your Fate series with Indiana Jones was in existence or that I was related to Indiana Jones as his cousin. So this was a, <laughs> a delight that I did not know existed before. 
it did crack me up the beginning of the book where they're going, uh, your cousin, Indiana Jones, and then the rest of it, they're really making sure no one addresses you, no one ever talks to you so that you can remain gender fluid. <laughs> While being portrayed as a boy in the illustrations, it looks like. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, it feels like maybe the author and the illustrator didn't c- have as much contact as they should have. No, <laughs> no meetings, probably. Yeah, the illustrations should be like your hand reaching to do something, but your body is not visible. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in the, in the other ones that you've done so far, are you also still We haven't done any. With... Oh, this is the first. Y- oh, I my mean, gosh. The other... We're doing another one later today, and I did read it. And you are also his cousin. I think you're the same yes. character. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't know, Hannah. I like to think that it's like my family, where, you know, my, my dad has is one of seven, and there's like 15 <laughs> cousins. And I like to think that Indiana Jones is this menace cousin that uncles <laughs> and aunts despise, because he's always going, yeah, I'm, I'm the older cousin, I'll babysit. And then you find out that your son was in Nepal falling down a pit. <laughs> Okay, I want to jump right into this relationship that's happening in this book with your cousin, Indiana Jones. Who This book takes place in 1933. He is mm-hmm. a 34-year-old man, okay? You are his cousin, a child of perhaps 14, is what it mm-hmm. feels like to me in, this, in these books. <clears throat> I understand that you should be his niece or nephew. But they need a gender-neutral piece of wording, and we know yeah. that Indiana Jones has no siblings. So you're forced mm. into this confusing familial <laughs> role of cousin, yeah. as if Sean Connery had siblings and their kids are you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They waited a long time to have kids, and now they have a 14-year-old they're sending off to stay with a college professor for the summer. Right. Or his unseen mother had uh, siblings who had children. The, the lore of this is uh, there's so much possibility. You, you guys have me thinking. We're in April here as we record this, and, and the whole uh, America's top boneheads getting mad about R.L. Stein thing is not so far in the rear view. Uh, nobody was smart enough to get mad about his radically non-binary Indiana Jones cousin character. (laughs) You can't put this character into any boxes. You can't categorize (laughs) this character. This character is, if when I pick up the book, it's a cis man. When, When other people pick up the book, it could be anybody. That is the gift and the joy of the choose your own adventure slash find your fate style book. Chase, to start us off. Oh no, Hannah, go. Just say, no, the main character is you, the reader. I like it. I'm Me not too. against it. Yes, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm, along with the Treasure Hunt Adventures, I have a soft spot for any of those, like, which one do you want to do kind of stories. I've both set soft spots for me, so this was a great combination of both. I love that Indiana Jones in the 1930s said, my 14-year-old girl cousin can come with me to Nepal. <laughs> I really respect him for that. Yeah. Progressive. <laughs> that would make whatever her name was, the sister from Uncharted, the National Treasure book, so mad. <laughs> she couldn't go on that Louisiana Purchase expedition. That was like a hundred years beforehand. <laughs> I know. She, she was a hundred years before she could do something like if this. If only she could have known Indiana Jones a hundred years later. 
Uh, listeners, check out our Uncharted episode. Uh, always love having Chase on a delight of an episode, but uh, t- the worst of those books. <laughs> Chase, to start us off, would you do us the honor of reading the blurb on the back of this book to give the listeners a sense of what this book is about? Gladly. You are going to help Indiana Jones discover the Giants of the Silver Tower. And you're going to have the time of your life doing it. Here's the background. While Lila Rogers and her father were exploring the snowy mountains of Tibet, they stumbled upon an enormous silver tower that marked the entrance to a strange village inhabited by giants. The giants, wanting to keep their existence secret, tried to keep them from leaving. But Lila and her father managed to escape, only to be separated during a blinding snowstorm. Now, Lila, desperate to find her father, appeals to Indiana Jones, trademark, for help. Indy, (laughs) that ever-curious archaeologist, is eager to locate the village of giants. The three of you set off. It won't be easy. Avalanches, giant apes, scorpions, vultures, and even the abominable snowman await you. What's more, you are responsible for the safety of the search party. You decide on the directions your journey will take. You are in charge every terrifying step of the way as you find your fate. Wow. To dive into this book, could you, Chase, walk us through the setup that you get starting at the beginning of this Choose Your Own Adventure and essentially tell us the first path that you took through it and where you ended up? Yes, gladly. So we are kind of dropped in Medius Race in the, uh, in the mountain ranges of the Himalayas uh, with our Sherpas and our guides and Indiana Jones and Lila Rogers just kind of dropping us in. Um, and Lila going like, I hope I find our, my father and all of this. Um, and as we're prepping, we're granted to a flashback to uh, when we, the cousin of Indiana Jones, were sent to stay with him at Marshall College, and Lila Rogers shows up asking for help, and she spells out basically what the blurb told us, that she and her father were exploring the Himalayas, found a giant silver tower, uh, were uh, abducted by a, a, a tribe of giants, and held in their village, not wanting anyone else to know of this mysterious village of giants, But they escaped, but they were separated in a snowstorm, and she was able to make it back to civilization, leaving her father in the Himalayas, making it all the way to Marshall College in the U.S. to Indiana Jones for help. And she convinces him of this existence of this tower, of which he was very skeptical, with a coin uh, that has a tower on it that she said she took from the village. So Indiana Jones, Professor Henry Jones Jr., takes this coin at face value as proof that there must be something out there. And they, we all go together to the Himalayas. And we uh, are back now to the present day, 1933. I think this is the only time I've ever heard at face value used so literally. <laughs> That's right. He really takes the coin at face value. He goes, there is a tower on the one face of that coin. And yep. <laughs> that cursory... Uh, that cursory understanding of it does bite him in the ass. It really does. And one and a few endings that kind of like make me curious about what is real in this world, but we'll get to that <laughs> uh, later. <laughs> so um, uh, we get 
to our first big choice, which is do we uh, climb mountains on foot with our Sherpas and guides, or do we uh, fly up there in a ruckety bucket with wings um, that had he seen Temple of Doom would have learned not to do? Um, well, he hasn't experienced it yet, so. No, that, that's technically 1935, isn't yep. it? That's mm-hmm. two years in the future. Wow, I'm such a dumbass. I was sitting here being like, of course he knows about Temple of Doom. It's 1984 when the book came out, Temple of Doom's a prequel. But of course there's a <laughs> timeline in the story. <laughs> yes, in this canon, choose your own, find your fate story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I tried to go uh, very um, sensible at the beginning because I wanted to get out of this alive. I wanted to make all the smart choices. Uh, so I said, no, we're not going to fly the plane. We're going to go on foot. And then we were immediately given another choice to take the short route where there might be yetis and uh, our guides will not follow us or take the longer route that uh, the Sherpas have um, pointed out for us. And that was where I dropped the sensible uh, strategy because I was like, well, that sounds boring. I want to see the yetis. <laughs> So and boy, do I, you boy, do we we I took the shortcut and um, uh, we were in, uh, encountered with our first peril, a giant hawk whom Indy tries right off the bat to shoot. And the Sherpa says, no, don't do that. It's sacred. He says, I don't care. I want to shoot it anyway. <laughs> um, but thankfully, uh, his hand is saved from uh, bloodied with the death of a hawk because who shows up but George Rogers himself to shoot the hawk for us. So we didn't even have to look for him. He swooped in and saved the day as he will do with many other animals in different versions of that the story. That missing dad is all over the place. Yeah. He is just... not that missing. Chase uh, alluded to this, but one of the fun and funny things about this book is it, it seems to, to suggest some sort of intelligent design or that God exists because the choices <laughs> you make that have nothing to do with other people materially change what is happening in other parts of the world. And so you'll be like, I want to put my socks on, or I don't. I'm making this one up. But it'll be like, I want to put my socks on, and then that will cause the father to be in a totally different place when you find him. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I think that all choose-your-own-adventure style books do not have, like, a true timeline that you then branch out of but can return to. That's just not how they work. They're all about totally divergent realities that occur with the flip of a coin. <laughs> I want to be, be clear. I think it's cool that they're totally divergent, and I suspected <laughs> that you would accuse me of nitpicking on this. No, no. I'm just saying, I think this is part of the deal. The, the only reason that I, I think it's of note is because, similar to how we've discussed how certain time travel movies will go, I want to do both. I want to do that. You can go back and change things. And I also want to do you can go back and it was always part of the original timeline. And that's kind of sloppy to do both. Mm-hmm. Uh, these books, uh, they they do both. They go the you know, the the dad will change places depending on what you do. But also sometimes you observe objective realities from multiple storylines. It's just interesting. Yeah, there there was there was one point in particular one choice uh that i made that went back and checked what the other one was because the ending was like right after that i was like okay i can go back and see the other one that changed everything that i 
understood uh we'll get to that later um but it does kind of feel to your point andrew like each of these uh paths that you go on they want you to hit certain flag points they want you to find the dad they want you to have a, a brush with the tower in some sense usually but to do that whether you crash land in the in the mountains or in the jungle or you walk up this path they want you to run into the dad at some point so they will place him there or just even he'll walk into the camp based mm-hmm. on one of the endings that you <laughs> while you were gone sorry i'm spoiling a lot uh, we'll fine. get back to to the path that i took this path i've noticed have a lot of like illusions of choice that pull you back onto the the to the uh, way they want you to do um one of them was uh, after meeting george we have the chance to go back and sensible chase trying to rear his head again was like we found the dead let's get back to safety so i'm like let's go back and uh we hit like a snowstorm of some kind that blocked us from going back and so it put us right back on the page that we would have gone if we chose to continue to go on looking for the tower right like all right we're going back to the tower again and as we do, we do meet the Yetis. Like four giant Yetis come up to us and we're given the choice. Do we run or greet them uh, because they might be friendly? So I'm thinking there might be a subversive thing at play. Maybe we're afraid of them when we really shouldn't be. Who knows? And we should like question our assumptions. So I think um, let's go greet them. Uh, but they scoop us up and take us to their village. <laughs> On a previous check of this particular path, um, when I chose to run away, uh, we got tired and we couldn't run away. We couldn't escape. So we had to turn back around them and hope that they're friendly. So in two choices in a row, we are pulled back to a singular path. We get to the village and we are greeted by other giants who say, we're going to let you go, but you have to promise not to tell anyone this village exists. Uh, and, so, and so we do. And we leave uh, no silver tower. But we did find the giants. And so that did kind of whet my appetite for like, I want to get to this silver tower. I want to see where it is. And they do a kind of a fun little thing <laughs> in this book where on page three, they, they have a, in big uh, 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 capitalized letters in the middle of the page, like it, it is exist. It's real. The silver tower. So as you pick it up and you're flipping through, when you start at the beginning, you're like, oh, I want to get to that page. How do I get to that page? I, I liked that too. I uh, flipping through the book. Uh, I I did some choose your own adventures as a kid. I I remember the experience of it, but I don't really remember any specific. I I don't think I'd ever read an R.L. Stein ever. But uh, flipping through the book, I was going, "Oh, that's cool." There's an illustration there. What the fuck is happening there? I can't wait to take the path that gets me fighting someone on top of the silver tower. Yes, Hannah. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you now that we've done yeah. Chase's first run through. Where did you uh-huh. diverge from Chase's run through there? Um, so my impulse in choose your own adventure stories is to like trust the guy who seems to know what they're doing. Or when I played my The Mummy 2017 iPhone game, which is very much a choose your own adventure type game. Rest in peace to that game. <laughs> I always chose the choice that let me stay with the Jake Johnson character. <laughs> so they'd be like, do you want to go with the witch or with your friend Jake Johnson? I'd be like, I'm going with Jake. He's staying with me. That's my boyfriend or whatever. <laughs> so that that's where I'm coming from. So when 
They were like, do you want to get on the plane, which seems dangerous, or do you want to walk? I think I, I initially was like, I'll get on a plane. Indy wants to get on a plane. I've seen him in planes before. It went great. Yeah. He seems to know what he's doing. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'll go with whatever Indiana Jones wants to do. And it sounded to me, and I don't know why I decided this, but I was like, he wants to get on the plane. We're going to get on a plane. Mm -hmm. So you get on the plane, which takes you to, you got to go over the mountains or it's exciting. I'm currently flipping through it again to remember. But then you're like, there's a storm. There's a terrible storm and the plane is going to crash. And the choice you get is to choose a number between one and ten. Now, remember, I was in the bathtub. So anytime it was like, you know, pick a number, flip a coin, flip two coins. I was like, well, I'm, not, I'm just going to pick one. Uh, <laughs> I think I got an even number. I think either way, the plane crashes is the thing. The funny thing, because I w- wasted all my time mapping this all out on the back of a Scream 6 poster. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> and Wow. The funny thing is that even though there are loops in this book, there are multiple choices that will take you to the same result. There are not multiple choices that will same, take you to the same happiest ending. It truly mm-hmm. is. Every binary choice is essentially, if you make the wrong choice, you have fucked yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah. There, I mean, there were points when I was trying to figure out, like... Where is the choice that takes me? How, where are the loops, right? To try and find the things that take me back to the same places or that connect me to another plot line that I could have gotten to a different way. I had a really hard time figuring that out. But basically the plane crashes. Just to get this out there, the way to yeah. get to the happiest ending, which is to fight the giant on top of the tower, That's the happiest is to ending. get on the plane, Okay. pick an odd yep. number. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, I believe to... I'm trying to read this. I believe you have to go when it's stay or go in the crash plane. Yeah. When you're choosing between using your pistol or going up the rock ledge, you choose pistol. Then there's another one where you have to choose rock ledge versus running away. You choose rock ledge. And then you're in the sequence where you have to investigate a noise or not because you're camping out and you're spooked out. See, I didn't get to most of this. Somehow I ended up being chased by a tiger. And then whenever yeah. Indy's like, I'll fight the tiger, I was like, initially, I was like, great, Indy, fight the tiger. And that seemed to go wrong for me every time. It was fight the tiger, fight the hawk, fight the scorpions mm. or whatever. So I said, okay, I'm not fighting anything anymore. I'm always going <laughs> to run away when the choice is to run away. And then I'm like falling into a pit, getting picked up by yetis. I do think that there isn't a moral hack for these books. I, I also yeah. went into it mm-hmm. going, I should act in a prudent way if someone gives me advice and they have experience i should follow that advice but the book is not consistent because sometimes it'll go oh you want to take the straight way up instead of going around that brings you to peril and other times like uh, this sequence late in one plot line where you're camping out and you hear a noise and you're freaked out by the noise you have to choose investigate it or don't the correct thing to do to get the happy ending is to don't and to not yeah. follow intuition and to just go That's to bed and maybe get murdered in your sleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah, it's hard and confusing. Um, and I didn't do the good thing where I like put in a bookmark where my last choice was or where all the choices were, mm. which would have been smart to be able to like retract back. 
So I was just like, where am I? And then by the time I felt like I had read two or three versions, I was just sort of flipping through, looking for pages where I was like, what is the choice on this page? And did I make it? Mm. Which of them did I follow? Let me do the other one. And then I would get to pages like there's an illustration of Indy fighting a bear. And I was like, I have no idea how to get to this. No idea whatsoever. (laughs) Same with like you fight a guy on the tower, don't know how to get there. You run into cavemen in a cave, couldn't figure out how to get there. The illustrations are present. And no matter what I did, I couldn't make it there. Uh, Well, when I was trying to map it out, one of the things I did, because I did as much mapping analog as I could, where I was mapping out the things I was doing in the book. But then when I started having trouble like you were to find things, I would go to the illustration, take the page number, and then flip through until I saw that page number at the bottom of a page. <laughs> I tried to do that too, I think. You're really brute forcing it. The next one of these, I'm drawing a map and I'm going to figure it out <laughs> just like you did. I'm going to be more, I'm going to find all the endings. So Hannah, did you, did I interrupt you? How did your storyline end? Um, I had to fight a tiger. Um, hold on, hold on. The plane crashes. I decide they were like, do you want to stay with the plane or leave the plane? I decided to leave the plane. But also, if you stay with the plane, you end up leaving the plane anyway, because it sinks into the earth. So then you had to yeah. choose between pistol and rock ledge. No, she crash landed in the jungle, it sounds like, not in the mountains. Yes, I crash landed in the jungle. Oh, shit. Yeah. So I totally forgot that depending on what you do, mm-hmm. you land in different terrains. Yeah. So I picked an even number, I guess, and I landed in the jungle. So it's not even a matter of informed choice. You are it's making totally like luck. a blind binary one or the other that cannot affect anything. And you will land in either the mountains or the jungle by no uh, effect of your own. Yeah. But just basically flip of the coin. So at one point I chose to stay with the plane and then you escape the plane and Indy's like, do we want to go down this river or do we want to stay on the ground? And I was like, (laughs) let's go down the river. The river immediately becomes a waterfall and you die. End of story. So I went back and I was like, okay, not going to go down the river. It's like the shortest story. That one is like a five minute story. (laughs) Oh my God. In the other book, we're discussing today. If you choose the wrong thing on the first choice on page one, the story ends. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which was delightful to me. That's like the version in like, what is it? Far Cry 4. If you choose to stay at the table when the guy leaves and then he comes back is like, all right, anyway, end of game. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was like, okay, I'm not going to go on the river. I'm going to stay on the ground. Then we, you go under a bunch of trees where snakes fall out of the trees onto you. And Indy's like, oh, no, snakes. And the woman you're with shoots one of the snakes and maybe shoots Indiana Jones, which is one of those exciting end of pages where it's like, is he dead? Turn to page 38. Yeah. Um, I really like when the book does the like, you won't believe what happened next. Turn the page. Um, That stuff's really fun to me. But he's fine. He is not dead. That's what I'm looking for right now when R.L. Stein has you meet uh, an unpreferable end. He's always Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the bear's about to put his mouth around your head, so maybe a good time for you to close the book. (laughs) Something I really did enjoy about the sort of kind of chaotic nature of these adventures is every single page, which can be the length of maybe like, anywhere between three to seven paragraphs, something new is happening. 
Like right after you deal with these hawks, oh, there's a landslide. After you deal with a landslide, there are dragons. After you deal with that, <laughs> there are yetis. Like every turn you make is some other big wacky peril that just comes out of nowhere. I love it when a page ends with like, okay, so on page 95, which I did get to at some point, it ends with like your, you've been hit in the head with a rock on a, in a rock <laughs> slide. And Indy's like, hey, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, you're fine. Don't worry about it. And then you see creatures coming through the snow. They're taller than humans, as tall as giraffes. They're bright green. They lift their heads to the gray sky and roar, and fire flames from their throats. Dragons? <laughs> end of page. Yeah. A bunch of pages end with these like huge reveals, and then you have to continue. And I love every single one being like, yeah. dragons? Hawks? Vultures? And I was like, yeah, cool. Yeah. That's one that ends where it turns out you've been concussed so badly, you have an insane dream. And Indy's like, maybe we should take you home. Oh shit! Is that what it was? Yeah, I remember. I think it was my. I think it was my third, my third path that I chose. Um, I yes, I was in a rock slide, fought dragons. Oh, okay. I did not know that that was part of the dream because yes, you're fighting dragons, and then you find the silver tower, I think it is. and then the dragons take you to their the the giants take you to their village and make you their king, and then that you wake up from a dream. <laughs> so okay, I did not know yeah, that the dragons were part of that dream. That's how chaotic and wild that's so fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really crazy to be like whoa where is this story going and then for the book to go it was a dream you silly you got knocked on the head so hard yeah and that's also a fun little red herring for as you're flipping through the book uh if you find that page that's like oh it's a silver tower and you're made the king of the giants you don't know if you're not on that path that that's not real that's yeah. all a dream you don't know if you are that's on fun. that path that that's not real <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's true immediately after doing dragons when you wake up from your dream there's the two paths the straight one or the curved one and if you take the curved one you fall into a pit of scorpions which sucks and if you take the straight one you run into yetis the scorpion right? one is funny because it's a situation where indy has to try to get out of this scorpion pit using his whip and there's some sort of choice you have to make uh, that impacts whether it works or not. And the bad version of it, which leads you to an end, is essentially a death. A horrible, horrible death. Except since it's a children's book, it goes, uh, the scorpions got you pretty bad. Then you were taken back to civilization for medical treatment. So you're fine, but the adventure has come to the end. And yes, it made me think that the book was not going to let the characters die. But then in other instances, Stein will walk you right up to the point of death. Like with the waterfall mm -hmm. death that Hannah had, uh, it'll say, uh, your trip down the river has suddenly become a lot more exciting. Too exciting for this adventure to continue, and now you've come to the end. And I was going, I just died. I definitely just died. Yes. There's one where it's like, you're literally about to be beaten to death or something and the book says like you don't want to experience that yes! horrible thing yes or mm -hmm. like you're lost yeah. in the snow maybe and it's like you could be out here for weeks and weeks and weeks you don't want to read all that let's start over that might be the next book that might but... be the next book i read them back to back in the tub so i apologize <laughs> if i'm one of them definitely is like 
if you were to stick around for the rest of this adventure. That'd be boring, right? Close the book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. There, there, you can kind of see some cheeky um, uh, uh, detours that the horror author R.L. Stein makes to kind of keep it more pulpy adventure. Um, there's another death that I enjoyed that he kind of uh, PG rated um, with, with the uh, avalanche that comes up. Mm. When you fire the pistol um, that diverts a stampede of yak away from you, that causes an avalanche, and you have the choice to climb up onto a rock ledge to get out of its way or to, like, run. And if you choose to run, that page is a single sentence that is rule number one, mountain climbing rule number one, you can't outrun an avalanche, the end. <laughs> that's it. That's all it is. The other one, though, if you try to stay in the village or something, for some reason, the village gets totally wiped out. And, and he's just like, boy, that's too bad. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is, like, you can't hide from an avalanche, rule number one. And then Indy is like, well, I guess that entire culture is gone now. I think that's, oh my Hannah, I think that's two eventualities, because when oh, okay. the earthquake strikes the giant's civilization, you're basically given the choice of run away or hide in their village. And so mm -hmm. their civilization seems to be wiped out no matter what, if you're on that page making that choice. And the question really is, do you mm -hmm. die within it? Because if you run away, yeah. you look back and it's like, this ending, there's a, there's a few endings like this where the, the tenor of it is, we confirmed that the giants are there. What an amazing archaeological find, but yeah. we'll never be able to prove it, or we shouldn't prove it. And that's one where they look mm -hmm. back at the leveled city and they go, no one will ever believe us. There is one where you spend like weeks in the village and Indy's like, I know their language. This is so amazing. And then you have to leave and he's like, it was fake. It was folklore. Wink. Yes. And he has just chosen mm -hmm. to keep the secret of um, the goodness of his heart. Marcus Brody yeah. shows up for one page in one <laughs> ending, and he goes, uh, Giants, Silver Tower, did you do it? And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about, dear friend. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's also an ending I think we simply must acknowledge where you find Lila's dad. And then you ask him, can you take us to the Silver Tower? And he says, what the fuck are you talking about? There's yes. no such thing. And Lila's like, I lied. Thanks for saving my yes. dad. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up, Hannah, because I, I was going to like try and segue us into that. Because <laughs> I, think, I think what you were talking about was my second uh, foray into this book, where you crash land in the jungle, you fight the tiger, and he shows up and saves you from the tiger. And um, I can only hope that that some child picked this up and they're not like a big reader. They're like, I'll do one thing. And they read this and they got that ending. No titular giants, no titular silver <laughs> tower. And he's like, well, that's bullshit. And yeah, so she's like, I lied. The coin was a fake. There was no silver tower or giants at all. And um, mm -hmm. that happens as far as I read twice. Uh, there are two possible endings where she reveals that it was all a fake and she lied to you and you're in the reality where the towers and the giants do not exist at all or that maybe they do and she also lied about them existing, there you go they do exist that's what i believe so yeah, <laughs> i'm glad we're discussing this even though i i basically disagree with you both which is i think this is an example of the reality being objective because when you get a plot line 
where Indiana Jones and uh, his nameless cousin in- it find proof of the Silver Tower. Then, uh, what's the father's name? The guy we're trying to rescue? George. Then, uh, George. then George goes, uh, hey, you know what? This is a peaceful people. We can't be introducing them to civilization. You know, they need to be out here on their own. Let me let you in on this secret. You got to see it, but just don't tell anyone. When he has to, he does that. And then when you take a route where you don't see any evidence of the Silver Tower, they go, we lied and we're so sorry. (laughs) Which is fun because if you read the second thing first, you go, they lied and they're so sorry. And then you find another plot line and you go, they lied to me before about lying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How do you get to the ending where you get handed this big knife? I didn't get to this one either. Oh, I don't think I saw that one. I got there. Let me find it. Because uh... this is one where George is like, I will not take you to the tower. Here's a knife instead. It seems to oh, be. Oh, so, so in, that, in that reality, in that plot line, he, he says, yes, I did find it. Yes, it does exist. She did not lie to you that we found it and it exists, but I'm actively choosing not to take you. Yeah, it seems to be. Interesting. So here's how you do that, just to run it down quick, because I spent time making this. Uh, get this. on the plane. Get an odd number. Choose go instead of stay when the plane crashes. Uh, choose run up the rock ledge instead of fire a pistol. Then, when, you're, when you have a choice of approach the riders who are coming towards you, because they might be friendly, or head into the river, or down the river, to get away from them, if you choose river, you get the knife ending, and I have I have uh, anna- annotated here goofy illustration because <laughs> Indy's got the derpiest little smile on. It's very unHarrison Ford. It does not capture the character. He's holding up uh, uh, bejeweled. His hands are too small for his body. knife. Whether whether this came out last week or next week, he's getting the Danny DeVito and Jewel of the Nile ending. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets a nice knife. Um, I want to talk about the other uh, lie reveal moment um, that kind of may or may not define the reality you're in based on like a totally unrelated choice. But um, in the in the plot line where you find the cave and you choose to enter and you choose not to investigate a noise that you see and you are ambushed by cavemen and Indy fights the cavemen. George shows up again to... That's the one. Yeah, that's the picture. Um, George shows up again to save you and you ask him about the silver tower. And as opposed to the tiger ending where he says, what are you talking about? He responds, when do you want to leave? Implying that like he kind of knows what you're talking about. And so you can decide... When you leave, whether it's right now or in the morning, and if you choose in the morning, you have entered the reality where the tower does not exist. And he's like, I can't, I can't. You wake up and he's arguing with his daughter and they turn to you and say, we lied. I, uh, or the daughter's like, I lied. The coin was a fake. And to your point, Andrew, he could be saying, I can't, I Chase. can't, as in the context of, I can't take them Chase. to this peaceful Listen village Listen to of yourself, giants. my man. He, he they, you decide to go in the morning. And you wake up and he and his daughter are arguing and then they tell you that there's no tower. They definitely were arguing about why did you say you would take them to the sacred tower of secrecy? That's definitely, I thought they were- that's definitely what it's about. <laughs> you and know, like, because if you say now at night, 
he has to do it. And if you say, it, okay, like, I think the most generous way to, to try to make the objective reality thing work, and I agree that it just doesn't sure. work because this George guy's teleporting everywhere. But <laughs> if I'm trying to make it work, I think that you have to think about the emotional inflection points of these characters. And it makes sense to me that when heinous stuff happens to this man, he feels in very extreme ways. And so after a big fight, you know, in the caves and everything, he's going, Indiana Jones, you're awesome. You just helped me survive. You want to go to the Silver Tower right now? I totally buy that. And then I also totally buy that if he slept on it, he'd go, oh, right, the Silver Tower I swore never to reveal. That's fair. I can I can buy that. I think that in the world of Indiana Jones, where like God is objectively real, I think the Silver Tower of the Giants are probably objectively real. Sometimes you find them, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're told that they're a lie, or you only see it from a distance. Or I think there's one where you try to get to it for days, and it never gets closer. And mm. you're just like, well, I think we have to give up. I have this written down as the Super Mario 64 stairs ending. When you're trying to run up to the <laughs> yes. final Bowser and it just keeps going and going. You're not ready yet. You're mm. not pure of heart. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see that. So so in this in this story, we're we're going with even when she lies to Indy to get her to get him to help, the tower exists and but she is she doesn't believe it exists and she's lying to get his help even though it does. And it's just a coincidence that she's she's coming with this pretense that happens to also be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's some sort of gotcha. some sort of uh, blind bluff or something where she's going like, "I'll get him over there with this thing that would tantalize him." She's just not being creative. She's going like, "I need someone to rescue my dad on the secret island I don't want to reveal." So let me tell someone about the secret island I don't want to reveal. Where she would do yeah, better to be like, "Did you know that uh, Tutankhamun's bride's mother is alive over there?" She's like, she should just make something up. I think it's funny that there is like an adult woman in this story that if this was an Indiana Jones movie, they would be kissing all the time. (laughs) And because it is a find your fate adventure with you, a child character, they're just totally platonic co-workers. Absolutely. There's no choose like, do you stay up to watch them make out by the fire (laughs) or like go to sleep to the the sound of like bumping against a rock wall. While reading this book, I googled Choose Your Own Adventure books for adults because I, I want Ooh. to, I don't think they really exist, but I want to have something that essentially- They're called video games. Takes the yeah, they're called telltale games. Right, right, for sure. No, I, I, but I want to have something that basically takes the, the form of a 400-page novel and I go through a whole chapter and then I have to make a choice, right? And I end up reading a 150-page novel. Like, that sounds cool to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But it also got me wondering just because of the way I googled it. Uh, is there a market to titillate people with choose-your-own-adventure sexual situations? Yes. <laughs> Great. Yes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> the answer is yes. In text, I mean. Aspiring authors, uh, get started. Come on, yeah. You know, uh, on this topic, there is, um, there's like a, a few phone apps that are kind of like that, that are kind of like choose-your-own-adventure, and they like can spawn the length of like a full-on novel following like a singular path they're very long i haven't like delved into them a lot but i have like browsed the options there's like 
Wild West some. There's like fantasy ones and there's stuff like that. So they're out there. They're just in like app form. And so yeah. depending on how much time you want to sink into that, uh, they're just not in book form. I'd like to reiterate that my The Mummy 2017 iPhone game was a choose-your-own-adventure <laughs> that required a lot of reading. <laughs> was that text-based? It was not text-based. Here, I have a bunch of screenshots. I'll just show them to you. This oh, game please. stopped working about two years ago, and I refused <laughs> to delete it off my phone. <laughs> but while I was playing it, thankfully, I took a bunch of screenshots. So you would get pages that looked like this that were like storybook pages with like a paragraph of text and you would go through like a ton of these getting background information getting story then you would reach a page then you would like have the adventure that looked like this and you like meet new characters (laughs) and you have dialogue there's jake johnson um then you would reach a point and it's like a lot a lot of dialogue like reading like you're reading a lot of what's happening then let me see you would eventually you would reach a point where you would have to like make a dialogue choice usually or like a go this way go that way and you would choose and it would take you in a different path and there's no way to go back no way to know Mm. and i you know i'm always trying to stay with jake johnson i'm always trying to avoid russell crowe and there was a point when i was like do you want to have lunch with dr jekyll or do you want to follow this werewolf woman and i was like well i definitely don't want to go run into the guy who wants to kill me and then in hindsight i was like that probably would have been a more interesting path to take and there was no way to go back and try it and i was just like i just have to replay the whole game and i was gonna do it and then the game died on me it stopped working and i'm sad forever Mm. i loved it i think about it all the time you got to think the creators never of that game are me. totally heartbroken, too. That sounds like so much work. Uh, yeah. It does feel like by the time I got to an ending of the game, it felt like the creators were like, we're running out here. They're going to cut our funding <laughs> at any second. We have to wrap this up or else there's no ending. Um, yeah, some of the illustrations from that. what you showed me, uh, they kind of look like... Um, the the illustrations from those how it should have ended youtube videos <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is such a good call that is exactly it that's like yeah that, no that's really really on the money that's a, like huh. that, that that is exactly what those thumbnails look like i've never watched one chase but i just see that stuff on youtube mm-hmm. the ones that look yeah. like this or the ones that no, look no like... the thing no, no, you were the, showing the... with the dialogue options and one that's colored yeah. in yes yes interesting just to get us back on the book interesting. Uh, oh yeah the book no no hold one second hold i want to show you this one more where you as tom cruise get stabbed in the chest (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty vicious the plot line i ended up in this game he just becomes fully possessed by the evil thing in him and you have to stab him to save him oh my god wow it ripped it was great and you can't go back because the the app is broken now yeah that is your canonical plot line yeah, you stab him. It honestly just seems to put the monster back to sleep. And he's like, well, that was a crazy thing. And then maybe there'd be more to do. But the game ended forever. And this is my appeal to our listener base to help me find some version of that game through a shoddy website or something. So I can always be playing it. <laughs> um, I want to touch on some yeah, of the, the endings that we haven't talked about. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yes, thank you oh, yeah. for your patience while I went in depth on the... <laughs> The Mummy 2017 Dark Universe. How much patience did I have? The edit will determine. 
So one one trick of these books that I really enjoyed is uh, if you investigate the noise when you are at the campsite, which is the wrong thing to do, it goes on and on and on for several pages. You'll jump all around the book, but there's a lot of jumping around where you're not making choices. The next actual decision point gets you going back and forth between the lost and the desert ones. Do you guys get this? Lost in, in the a desert? desert? Is it not a desert? The jungle? Is it a jungle? jungle? Let me see. Yeah, page 60. It says, This way, I saw it again, you say. Indian Lila follow you. You leave one cave, oh, it's lost in caves, and find yourself in caves. an even larger cave. This cave leads to a smaller cave. I hope we can find our way back, Lila says, as you keep walking. We could be wandering in these caves forever. And then it says, turn to page 90. You go to page 90. <laughs> page 90 says, Well, kid, are you satisfied? Indy asks as the three of you stare at the dark walls of an empty cave. I know I saw something, you insist. Maybe if we go a little farther. We've already gone too far, Indy says. I just hope Lila isn't right. I just hope we don't spend the rest of our days wandering through these miserable caves. Are you trapped in these caves forever? Turn to page 60. This way, I saw it again, you say. Indian Lila follow oh my you. Gosh. You leave one cave and find yourself in an even larger cave. And it just you just are stuck in that loop until you realize you must close the book. I like that that one, right, doesn't have R.L. Stein saying to you, like, this is the end of your adventure. You have yeah. to personally choose to give up. Yes. That's, that's very cool. I, mm-hmm. I like how there's a sort of Lua narrative uh, cohesion there. In both, like, the medium of the book and in the story itself, you're just going in a circle. That's fun. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the choose your own adventure version of handing someone a card that says, like, flip over card that says flip over card <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Indy lies to Marcus Brody in that one scene, th- this is a whole other thing I wanted to talk about. R.L. Stein makes these books <laughs> so fun, and they're a great time. They're inventive. He really doesn't get the voice of Indy in any way, shape, or form. This is what I wanted to talk about. Characterization. Mm, yes. In the Marcus Brody ending, he refers to Marcus Brody and you, the cousin, as you guys, which felt weird. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, let me, there's one really weird one on 77. I think you're in a pit or something. Yeah, this is the ending where Mohaji, your guide, finds you and rescues you. Oh, yeah. yes. And he, it says, Mo- Mohaji, Indy cries, the familiar face of the Sherpa leader peers down from the top of the animal pit. I think I can say without fear of contradiction that the three <laughs> of us are very glad to see you, Indy says. <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> That's definitely not Indy. A lot of the dialogue is weird, and I feel like Indy is, like, grumpy, but not in the usual Indy way. And pretty mm-hmm. much like, okay, kid, you dumb. Um, and yeah. a little bit like, okay, kid, make all the choices. What do you think? <laughs> Should we die or live? Which doesn't yes. feel totally uh, in character. Although sometimes when you make a choice as Indy's pansexual non-binary cousin, <laughs> <laughs> the, the choice will be put into the mind or mouth of another character. Sometimes you'll go, hmm. 
uh, let's go up mm. the rock ledge. And then you turn to that page and it says, there's no way we can run away, Indy said. We have to go up the rock ledge, obviously. Like you're yeah. sort of choosing as God. <laughs> and you're like, that's, that's me. <laughs> I, I said to do that. The one in the river where it's like, to go on the river, stay on the ground. If you choose to stay on the ground, you turn the page and the first line is Indy saying like, you know, on second thought, we don't know where that river goes. We're not going to do that. As if you have said, let's take the river. And he's like, no, no, let's think. <laughs> it, it kind of feels like the, that Timon and Pumbaa bit where he's like, maybe we should get the lion on our side. And Timon's like, no, 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 no. Let me think. I've got an idea. What if we got the lion on our side? <laughs> so in this world, you're like making these suggestions and you're getting ignored until Indy or Lila goes like, I know what we should do. We should do this thing. There's also a fair amount of Indy pulls his gun. Should he use his gun or use something else? And as if he's constantly leaping to violence. And then you have to talk him down off the ledge of shooting a hawk, a man, a yeti, Lila's dad, yeah. a bandit or whatever. Yeah. We haven't uh, discussed the happiest ending, which I, I think we should since, since this, this book really has a definitive own ending a definitive win ending um chase did okay. you eventually reach the top of the tower and and if so can you sort of describe what happens i did yes yes um just by happenstance uh and it really did feel like the canon ending that the book's gamification of reading it wanted you to try to get to so um in uh uh yeah so in in that pivotal decision where you choose whether to uh, go to the tower in the morning or immediately. If you choose to go immediately, uh, they bring you to the village with the tower. And from here, it kind of uh, snowballs to the end without a lot of choices. I don't remember making choices after this point. At a certain point, it feels like the book is going, boy, this text is really big. We better have them jump around just so I can get these thoughts out. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. And um, the the leader of the village is upset at you. And George, who has picked up some of their language, uh, translates for you going, uh, bad news, they want to kill us. <laughs> and you get your way out of being killed by the suggestion, thankfully, of the leader, not from you, it's that out of your hands. You'll say, we'll let you go if you can beat our greatest warrior in combat. And the warrior steps forward, he's like 10 feet tall. And Andy's like, well... I'm screwed. Uh, and the place of combat of choice happens to be at the top of the tower, which kind of has like a, a, a wraparound platform at the, at the top of it. So they're not like at the very top, which like, I don't know how many meters across. There's like a sort of balcony wrapping let's, around. Let's not uh, mince words. This looks like an uncircumcised dick. I mean, like the cover <laughs> yeah, looks exactly like an uncircumcised dick. And it turns out that right where the foreskin ends, there's a little balcony. <laughs> I mean, I'm not just being crude. It really looks like one. No, no, you're you really are you you really are hitting the nail on the head here. Um, they've even did I say uncircumcised? It's circumcised. <laughs> yes, there you go. Thank you. Um, we want the image in the listener's mind to be very clear about this this image. Um, and so yeah, so you do not get to see the actual fight. You are on the ground looking up. Uh, but thankfully, the illustration shows like a bird's eye view of the fight. So you as a reader get to see it, but as the in-character person, you're on the ground looking up and you see 
Indy being lifted up by the, the 10 foot tall warrior about to be hurled off of the ledge to splat on the ground. And then the warrior backs away from view from, from where you are on the ground and you don't see anything after that, but you hear a scream. And then has the giant see... thrown Indy to his death from the top of the glowing silver tower? Yeah, R.L. Stein <laughs> with these like page turning cliffhangers. Turn to page 32. Can you imagine you turn to page 32 and it's just an illustration of a corpse and he's all fucked up? <laughs> oh like, I guess he did. Yeah. It wasn't so rhetorical. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, Indy wins. You see him step forward from the ledge and he's victorious and we're all like happy and he comes back down. And, and they're true to their word. The giants let you go. And as you're walking down, you are befuddled by how Indy could have bested this gargantuan warrior. And you're like, Indy, how did you possibly do it? And he's like, I didn't think I could do it either. But turns out this guy had one weakness. And you're like, what was it? And he says, he was very ticklish. And you can only assume that there is this like uh, uh, studio audience laughter in the background as it freezes and the credits roll over <laughs> that ending. But yeah, you that's... all begin to laugh at this impossible victory. It could only happen to Indiana Jones. The end. Amazing. But yeah, that's that feels like the most canonical like victory ending that the book wants you to try to reach and go back through the adventures again and again to try to get to. I guess the only thing we haven't really talked about is mm -hmm. what do you think, both of you, about the ways in which they randomize this stuff? There's ones that are coin flips. There's ones that's a double coin flip, which actually is the same chance as a coin flip, which I found interesting, right? It's still 50-50. Mm -hmm. They're going, if you get two of the same, then do this. But if you get two different results, do this, which is cool. And then there's other ones mm. that are pick a number. Is it even a rod? I like the one that's like, if you're reading this on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Friday, that was a fun one. Oh, wait, what was that? I didn't, I didn't find that. Oh, that's in, um, hold on. I've got it here somewhere. It. Um, that's, okay. that's really cool. I felt, 36. I felt like on page I really, 99. What? 99. No, 99. You're right. Yeah. What? Where for some reason you have gone, you're in the scorpion pit. And Indy's like, where are the Sherpas? They'll save us. Let's change our fate, Indy says, pulling the bullwhip off his shoulder. Maybe we can reach something and I can hook and we can climb out or whatever. There's only a small chance, but it's your only chance. If you're reading this book on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or Friday, turn to page 112. If you're reading this on any other day, turn to page 71. And like, there's no, there's nothing you can do to game that. You just got to be like, well, I'm in the tub. It's Friday night. I'm going to page 112. Where you have an illustration of the scorpion pit. <laughs> Hannah, this is what I was saying in the intro, which is that the, mm -hmm. the book is not about skill. It is not about, it is no. about happenstance. And it reinforces the idea that when we watch Indiana Jones on four and soon to be five separate occasions, cinematically <laughs> achieve his goals for the most part and have these net wins, he's incredibly lucky. And that is the multiverse. He's not lucky, Andrew. He is touched by the hand of God. Okay. <laughs> he is blessed by divine intervention to survive and succeed. Okay, great. Well, this definitely supports that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be clear about what's happening with Henry Jones Jr., a.k.a. Indiana. We named the dog Indiana. <laughs> well, more so than uh, uh, 
indie being lucky, the reader of the screenplays of each of those films is lucky <laughs> because they happen to be reading it on like the right day to turn to the page of the script where indie succeeds. Indeed. And we just have, yeah, we just happen to be watching the final filmed product of that reader's on that higher level of existence, reading that screenplay and coming across that series of events that we eventually see. There's a thousand other versions of the movies where he is stung to death by scorpions. Hannah, you're, you're right. And I'm going to take yeah. it to its logical conclusion. This man is ordained by God, which means that every time I turn to a wrong page in this book, God had died. And, and that took place in a godless world. That was the result of my actions. God turned his back for 30 seconds and wasn't <laughs> guiding your hand, Indiana Jones's cousin, <laughs> to make the right choice. Chase Wheaton Whirly, <laughs> you are a father, and you love your non-binary child. <laughs> you have to go away for business for a weekend. Just, it's like a day and a half. And you send, you send your, your child off to hang out with your your nephew, Henry. When you get back, you are traumatized by just the retelling of what this man has put your child through. And in order to cool off, you reach for a book. Do you think that if you reached for Indiana Jones and the Giants of the Silver Tower, it would help you cool down? Uh, you know, um, overall, I, I think this was an enjoyable experience. Um, I did, I, I do like the kind of fun uh, randomizations of some of the choices. Um, and I do like the, the, the getting lost between two pages. That's fun. Um, and overall, like the, 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 the brevity of it too was also, I think, to its credit. As far as an Indiana Jones adventure, uh, as you pointed out, it does not feel very Indiana Jones-esque other than look, going through peril and looking for a particular MacGuffin. Uh, it does kind of feel as though uh, R.L. Stein had several uh, notes lying around from a uh, Choose Your Fear uh, book that didn't get made and was able to appropriate it with uh, Indiana Jones. So as far as like an Indiana Jones adventure, I thought it was uh, uh, some things to be desired. But as a reading experience, I, I did end up enjoying it and I, I could recommend this book. Um, Hannah. Uh, yes. You are, um, you have been roped in from what you thought would be a relaxing summer vacation with your cousin to go on a rescue errand on the other side of the world. I sure um, was. Where, where you could have been going to like a water park or, uh, um, he could have left me at home with or my left uncle, you home. Henry Jones Sr. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, where you could have enjoyed that time and also like seeing the dog, maybe if, if he's still alive, you are now on a long cross continental flight to Nepal. Um, would you, uh, enjoy reading Indiana Jones and the uh, giants of the silver tower on this probably 10 hour flight? This would not fill up even an hour of that. Flight, <laughs> so I'd have fun, but I hope I have other reading materials. But I also had fun with this. It's pretty good. I agree that it's not a great Indiana Jones adventure. Indy feels out of character. I think Lila is a 
pretty unpleasant character. She's like constantly choosing the cowardice option mm-hmm. in ways that become a little grating. Um, <laughs> but it's always fun. I love a choose your own adventure. I used to read a lot of R.L. Stein's choose your fear ones. I had one that was carnival based, which was terrifying. And I really enjoy the adventure of choosing, as previously mentioned, about the games I choose to play. But yeah, this was a fun one. The number of options that are like, you didn't find anything on your adventure really surprised me. Kind of fun twist of fate on those. So yeah, I would definitely commit 45. I very happily committed 45 minutes to this one in the mm-hmm. bathtub. <laughs> Andrew Overby. Yes. Um, <clears throat> you are Marcus Brody. You guys. Your buddy Indy. Can't Jones. wait till Indy gets back and tells me about that silver tower. Right. He's constantly coming to you and asking you to fund his trips. And finally you say, Indy, you gotta bring something back. It's starting to get a little silly. I'm pouring <laughs> money into your adventures and you return with nothing but medical bills. Finally, he comes to you and he says, Marcus, my friend, I have something that is of equal value to any silver tower, a copy of Indiana Jones and the Giants of the Silver Tower. He (laughs) says, I wrote it myself under the pen name R.L. Stein. (laughs) It should be said uh, that there's multiple editions of these books. uh, And Han, I think you Mm -hmm. have all of the ones with uh, Indiana Jones big on them. Um, Well, I have this is most (laughs) of mine look like this. Some of them look like this. I have that as well. So uh, a lot of the other ones uh, that I have from this series are, uh, I believe, an attempt to, to cash in on R.L. Stein after he sort of became big mm. by putting his name huge on the cover and also putting a child on the cover to make it seem like a kid's <laughs> thing, more like yeah. a kid's thing, and then making Indy's head really tiny. Yeah, little Indiana mm. Jones, big R.L. Stein, yep. and then it says an interactive tale of terror. So they're really leaning on that. For sure. Mm, I actually am surprised that these are by R.L. Stein. I would have expected him to use a pen name for something that wasn't his horror goosebumpy stuff. Right. Anyway, as Marcus Brody, is this an acceptable treasure? Chase, you you stepped on my joke before, but let me let me do it anyway. You guys, I think I can say without any fear of contradiction. That I liked the book. It's a good book. Uh, it was a fun time. I got a little frustrated whenever it would go on these long runs of not having me make a decision, which I think is just a necessity of putting the book together. They still have to get story across. They still have to sort of let me know what the weight of these decisions is. And because they're kids' book, that takes up a lot of space. Uh, so initially I was frustrated with it. Because I, I felt like I wasn't making enough decisions. I wanted to have more control. I wanted to be able to fuck up more. But looking back on it, they really fit a lot of different storylines and endings uh, that were meaningfully different into a single book. And Chase, you make a great point about he's not totally gelling with the Indiana Jones world. It'll be interesting to see how Hannah and I feel about that moving forward. If, if uh, some of the other books do, or if they're all this outlandish. I think that is the main digression, is that often an Indiana Jones film will start with something adventurous and then end with something straight-up fantastical, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a fun arc because you look back on the movie and you go, oh, God was real that whole time, (laughs) or whatever. He always Uh, is, Andrew. 
Always is, but sometimes <laughs> the god is aliens. Yes. All gods are real in the world of Indiana Jones. This is well And I think that it's, it, it, it is a little weird, and it also just is a totally different dramatic structure <clears throat> to have so much of your story be, and then we were hanging out with the yetis, and then I climbed their silver tower. It's just different, but I had a fun time with it. Uh, and you kind of have to accelerate the story in order to make it work. So, whatever. Chase Wheaton Whirly, what do you got going on? Who are you? Why do you do what you do? What should people check out? Uh, as I uh, mentioned earlier, um, I am a playwright in the city. Um, so if you uh, so desire, you can find some of my work on uh, New Play Exchange uh, under my name, Chase Wheaton Whirly. Uh, I have uh, my two plays, full-length plays, on there right now. Uh, Wise Guys, The First Christmas Story, and uh, The Curious Circumstances of Louis the Prince, as well as a 10-minute play, uh, All is Calm. Um, so Chase? if any... Oh, yes? Are you going to write a choose-your-own-adventure play? <laughs> you know, after like reading this, I am I'm now very uh, uh, drawn to that idea. We did have one recently in Chicago called Think Fast, Jordan Chase. Uh, that is a little more like younger audience focus, but they did let like audience choose like what to do next. So there is like a market for that. Um, I, so I might like that might be my next project. Um, but yeah, feel free to find my work on uh, New Play Exchange. And if you are an artistic director in the city, uh, please pick my play to be produced. Incredible. Thank you again for coming on. This was a, a, a real fun time. This is always so much fun. I've always had a great time coming on the podcast, especially anything adventure or Indiana Jones adjacent. Someday we'll do the we'll go the full full hog on these Indiana Jones spin-off books. There's so many. There's so many. I will hold you to that. Let's all learn German and do it. I was going to say part of me just doesn't want to do it because I it would feel incomplete unless I could read the German ones. <laughs> I mean, we have chosen to only read Indiana Jones Find Your Fates written by RLC. Yeah, and there are maybe 10 others. There's a bunch of others, and now I'm very curious. Like, we chose him because, like, we trust him to know what he's doing with a Find Your Fate type story. Right. He does a ton of them. And we trust him as a writer in general. We understand that he's good. But I'm very curious about how other people handle characterization, the girl love interest piece of the element, the, the male friend who here is George that mm -hmm. you bump into sometimes interested i'm curious yeah and why are all the other authors related to him they probably won't <laughs> explain that in the books but no. i'm curious about that too are they as also are they is it just a <laughs> coincidence a bunch of unrelated steins spelled s-t-i-n-e which is not super common it, not super common and also if they're not related hannah the publisher is racist or something <laughs> Only Steins. <laughs> to our listeners, please do rate our podcast, subscribe to it, leave a review, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash authorized pod. And as usual, I'm going to close out the episode by reading a passage from a classic piece of literature. Please do tweet at authorized pod if you think that you recognize what this is from. Hey, how was your weekend with your cousin? Oh, it was pretty good, although not much happened and a bunch of people lied to us. Well, what do you think you're going to do now? I haven't been reading in a while. Maybe I'll read Indiana Jones and the John Updike's The Witches of Eastwick. <laughs> Sounds like a good one, right? 
I would love to see Indiana Jones go up against those dang witches of Eastwick. <laughs> they want the perfect man, and it's him. <laughs> Amazing. Good night. <laughs> In addition to the Find Your Fate books, there are over 20 Indiana Jones, whether you call them spin-off books or additional adventures. And so, my question for you today is, which subtitle is a real Indiana Jones book? And also, why do I keep trying to fool Hannah with my made-up stuff? Because Chase, just so you know, every time we do one of these games where I go, one is real and one I made up, she sees through them all, and I look like a fool. Because I know you so well, my friend. Amazing. I love this so much already. Up first, which of these subtitles is a real Indiana Jones book? Hannah. Hannah, what are our options? Uh, the Princess of Peril and the Cavern of Souls. And what do you believe is the real subtitle? <laughs> I'm going to go with Cavern of Souls. Hannah, you are, of course, Incorrect. Oof. The book is called Young Indiana Jones and the Princess of Peril. Well, if I'd known it was a young uh, Indiana Jones book, <laughs> god damn would... it. That would have changed everything. Sorry, the, the game, of course, is uh, which subtitle? I so... know, but it would help me to contextualize, because I think young Indiana Jones would encounter a princess of peril, but older Indiana Jones, a cavern of souls. You know what I mean? Well, what does it say about you that you assumed it was old? Anyway, I don't know next, everything about the general idea of Indiana Jones. He was young once, Ugh. and several actors have played him. <laughs> up next, yes. <laughs> Chase, which of these is a real subtitle for an Indiana Jones book? And please do read them for our listeners. The Sky Pirates or The Undead Horde? And I actually know this one. It's the Sky Pirates oh, no. because I've got that book on my shelf right now and I'm going to be reading it in the near future. That's what I would have guessed. I just want everyone to know. Wow. <laughs> That's wow. awesome, Chase. Well done. What if I told them it was wrong now? <laughs> I'd be like, wait a minute. What? It is, of course, a real book, Indiana Jones and the Sky Pirates by Martin Caden. Up next, Hannah, mm -hmm. which of these subtitles is real? The Lost City or The Hollow Earth. I mean, The Lost City feels so obvious it couldn't be right. So I guess I'm going to go with The Lost City, actually. The answer is, of course, Indiana Jones mm. and the Hollow Earth. Yes. Mm -hmm. oh, God damn it. I talked myself in the wrong direction. <laughs> I thought you were trying to trick me, and you did. <laughs> well, and you have to keep in mind, Hannah, that mm -hmm. I know you know me, and sometimes <laughs> I also go four rounds going, and she'll think this, and I'll do this. and. <laughs> It's reverse, reverse psychology. Yeah. Exactly. You got me. <laughs> I've also included here the uh, German cover because it's so fucking funny. I think it's cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know. I think that looks cool. 
And then... <laughs> Chase, could you explain for our listener why this is humorous to us all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've got, like, you know, a, a typical computer-generated image of Indiana Jones looking at what appears to be like a glowing blue uh, Lego stud of a crystal, but his <laughs> face really seems grafted on from a, 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 an AI-generated image of Harrison Ford's face from all different stages of his life grafted into one single image. And it, it, it's not, a, it's not a, an expression of power. He looks no. very confused. It definitely yeah, looks yeah. like they caught him on a red carpet and put a hat on him. Like did yeah. <laughs> to me. That's not in character. Chase, which of these is a real Indiana Jones subtitle? There exists either a book called Indiana Jones and the Philosopher's Stone or a book called Indiana Jones and the Book of Secrets. Could you let me know which franchise... Indiana Jones had parallel thinking to. Well, Andrew, this is incredibly serendipitous because it is the Philosopher's Stone because I have that book as well and I have read it. Wow. This is starting to feel unfairly biased in Chase's direction. <laughs> I agree, but I didn't know about the bias. <laughs> this came out a hilariously short amount of time before Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. It's like four months, I think, something like that. Yes. Wow. There's another funny, uh, uh, not Easter egg, but like a little parallelism in here. Uh, you know how most Indiana Jones adventures have like a sort of cold open adventure that he's on? Um, mm -hmm. With this one, he's in the jungle uh, and he is looking for, of all artifacts, uh, a crystal skull. Wow. And if only that author knew the gold he had struck at that time. That's so interesting. I considered including a fake title that had Crystal Skull in it because I thought one of you would go, oh, maybe they doubled up by accident and think that made it real. Anyway, I would not have made this game if I knew you had read all of these. <laughs> up next, <laughs> Hannah, which of these is a real subtitle? The People of the Sun or the Gold of El Dorado. Now I feel like I'm being tricked, but I'm going to go with being the tricked. People of the Sun. The answer is, of course, Indiana Jones and the Gold of yep. El Dorado. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. This is one of the wow, German wow, wow. novels uh, that has never been translated into English. The, you know, the, the, the people online who have read the German novels and, you know, can read German uh, say that these are incredible. He wrote something really? like seven or nine of them, and wow. they say they're the best, but also how could I prove them wrong? It's an easy bluff right <laughs> i like the cover of this one where indy looks very uncomfortable <laughs> he's definitely squinting at the sun in this one it feels like he's saying keep up kid mm. all right chase here's another one that you've probably read which of these is a real subtitle uh we have the treasure of the changeling and the unicorn's legacy uh, the answer to this one, Andrew, would be The Unicorn's Legacy. There, of course, is a book called Indiana Jones and the Unicorn's Legacy by Rob McGregor. Because you have that one on your shelf too, right? This one I have not read, but I do remember it uh, piquing my interest because I saw it in one of those little, like, you know, in the inside covers, like other Indiana Jones books. And I was just scrolling through it and I was like, The Unicorn's Legacy? What on <laughs> earth is that? Look, there's 
it's actually astounding that this hasn't happened unauthorized yet. I don't get in touch with people to go, have you read or have you seen XYZ? Because I don't want to tip what the game is. And about 100 episodes in, we finally hit a snag. <laughs> Up next, Hannah Blackman, which of these is a real subtitle for an Indiana Jones book? The Longship of the Gods or the Mountain Tomb of the King? I don't know, The Longship of the Gods? I, of course, uh, found a painting of both a longship and a mountain, because I'm smart. Yep. And the answer is, of course, Indiana Jones and the Longship of the Gods, oh, another wow. Wolfgang Holbein. I got one. And the facial expression he's making here is intense and also really doesn't look like Harrison Ford. kind of does. Nope. Yeah. Sorry. I think it looks more like Harrison Ford than some of the illustrations in our Choose Your Own Adventure books. <laughs> well, that's fair. The uh, the American books, uh, those covers really seem to feature heavy like action shots where he's got some kind of pose or he's like about to punch somebody. And the German ones really kind of seem to settle on like a shoulders up kind of vague expression with something vague in the background. Chase, which of these is a real Indiana Jones book subtitle? We have The Dance of the Giants. And the bargain with the savages. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Does one of these have mutt in it? No, I just wanted to look at him. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> so honey. he's on screen. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't want to look at Shia LaBeouf's face? Uh, you know, it just feels problematic enough to be the bargain with the savages. That's going to be my guess. Chase, I debased myself by making a racist title to fool you. It is, of course, <laughs> The Dance of the Giants. Oh, you got me good. I thought for sure you'd both go, he's too good a person to come up with that, and you'd be wrong. If any of these books featured Mutt as a character, I would be reading them right now. <laughs> We're just like... Should we cover a book that stars Mutt? <laughs> it's a total Mutt book, but it's called The Conquest of the Savages. Gosh. What do we do? Oh, boy. What's funny is Mutt, that... Um, I love him. There's, there's a pretty recent Indiana Jones book that I read the description of, and I think it's like the Army of the Undead. That it's just the Army of the Dead. Yeah, yes, thank you. The Army of the Dead. Mm. If, if that's another uh, upcoming title, I'm sorry for spoiling that uh, for either one of us. <laughs> but it features Indy with uh, Mac, the sidekick in the fourth movie. So there is some canonicity there that we might see Mutt in a uh, upcoming book. Who knows? I'm pretty sure they want to completely disown him and Shia. All right, this final slide, Hannah. I will never let Mutt go. Hannah, how are we doing on score? Uh, Chase has three points. I have one point, And you, the game, have four points because I was so bad at this. That feels really good. Okay, so what we're going <laughs> to do for the final slide is each of you on our system is going to come up with an answer in your head and let me know what it is. So which of these is a real Indiana Jones book subtitle? Your options, Indiana Jones and the Dragon of Vengeance, or Indiana Jones and the Age of the Vampire. All right, Chase, what did you go with? Uh, I went with the Age of the Vampire, Andrew. And Hannah, what did you go with? I also went with the Age of the Vampire. The answer is, of course, Indiana Jones and the Dragon of Vengeance, <laughs> another Find Your Fate book written by other people with the last name Stein, who are probably related to R.L., but I didn't look into it. Get out. 
Wow. Amazing. Wow. You gotta think that that's a jewel, that there's no dragon, right? Well, it says right on the cover of the book, you're off to China with Indiana Jones in search of a priceless jade dragon. Wow, I didn't read that. And I made the PowerPoint. 